0: Well, good morning and welcome to Greyfriars. It's great to be together again. Welcome to our home and welcome to all of you connecting in from your homes around Reading and beyond. And uh, I'm sure like you, I am getting to that place where more and more I am looking forward to freedom from isolation. I was thinking this week about VE Day, which is coming up on the 8th of May just in a few days' time, and we will be celebrating on that day the freedom that came on the 8th of May, 1945, as over four million soldiers were released from service to go back home to their families and their loved ones. My grandfather was a soldier who served in World War II. He began his service in France, and then he went on to lead the 36th Division in Burma. And he spent years away from his wife, my grandmother, and his family, one of the girls who was my mother. And it was on the 8th of May, 1945, that that news came to him, to my grandfather, that the war had been won. And shortly after that, a few months later, he was able to send a telegram to my grandmother with this amazing news that, he was coming home and we're going to show now you'll be able to see on the screen's a, a picture of that telegram and on it you will see these words it says sailing expect to arrive end october and the date that it was sent was the 29th of september 1945 can you imagine how excited my grandfather was when he was able to send that telegram. Can you imagine how excited my grandmother was to receive it that her husband after all those years was coming home. Freedom at last. Well freedom is the theme really of the second half of the book of Galatians this letter written by the Apostle Paul in chapter 5 verse 1, we read these words, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Verse 13, you were called to be free. This is God's desire for you. Freedom in relationship with Jesus. And it's a freedom that leads to transformation. In the same way that after World War II, the freedom that my grandfather and grandmother and millions of people around the world found led to a huge social change in nearly every country of the world and this freedom that we have in Jesus also leads to change and that's what we're looking at in this series over the next few weeks. Transformation is at the heart of our vision as a church We exist to see Reading and Beyond transformed by the love and power of Jesus. And that's why I'm so thrilled that so many of you have been involved in serving in different ways at this time. Reaching out, loving your neighbours, feeding the hungry, caring for the poor, connecting to those who are lonely and isolated. And here in this passage in Galatians we are reminded of the second greatest commandment. Love your neighbour and that is what you have been doing around Reading and further afield as you've been reaching out to those you love to, to see transformation in others' lives. But this transformation also impacts us. It begins with us as we come to faith in Jesus, as we're saved, as we receive forgiveness and then as we carry on in our lives following Jesus, being transformed by the power of his Holy Spirit. But this freedom from sin doesn't mean that we are free to sin. And so in the book of Galatians chapter 5, Paul is highlighting this wrestle that goes on, this battle that takes place within you and me between the flesh on one hand and the spirit on the other. And so we read in verse 17, the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. And these two are in conflict with one another. And the flesh here doesn't mean our physical bodies. It means our fallen nature, our sinfulness. Because you and I have a choice about how we live our lives. The words we use, the actions we take, the ways in which we give and help others. What we look at, what we listen to. The list goes on. You and I have a choice every day about what we do and how we do it and all of that in many ways is driven by the ways in which we are rooted in our lives. Here in Galatians 5 Paul talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit and I was thinking this week about fruit and if you and I want to get some fruit we go to the supermarket we go to a shop we walk up and down the aisles we browse we decide what we want to eat and we then pick it up put it in the basket and pay for it and the risk is is that we take this same consumerist approach with a fruit of the holy spirit and so we look down this list in galatians chapter five we think Hmm, today i would like some more peace please or um, perhaps in lockdown it's more a case of I've been binge eating and I need more self-control. Or uh, we're now into nearly week seven of lockdown. I need patience, God, as I spend time with my family. In our garden, we have a small but beautiful apple tree. And the apple tree is just beginning to come into blossom now. It's a stunning tree. But even better is later on this year, it will produce delicious fruit. And the fruit grows as a result for a number of reasons. But the main reason is that this little tree in the garden is rooted in good soil. And so when the wind comes and the rain lashes down, as it has done earlier this week, that little tree stands firm. Or in the middle of summer when there is no rain and and there's a bit of a drought, the roots reach deep down into the earth and provide all the nourishment and water that it needs to bear fruit, to grow these delicious apples. And in a similar way, the fruit that you bear and that I bear in my life is as a result of how we are rooted in our lives. And so if you or I are not rooted in Jesus, we will be rooted in some other way. The challenge with that is when the storms come, when the drought comes, we end up getting into trouble. And so I want to give us two ways that come out of this passage in which we can, during this time of lockdown, grow to be more like Jesus. And the first one is... To root out sin. Root out sin. Have you noticed that we, you and I, are so much better at spotting sin in other people than we are in ourselves? We're all actually experts at pointing out the problems in other people. It's actually a tactic of the devil to blind us and to anaesthetise us to our own sin. The flesh, as Paul writes about in his letter to the Galatians, is really that sense of you and I putting the focus on ourselves. Those times when life becomes all about me, about my preferences and my desires and my wishes and my agenda more than God. And that can lead to destructive Ways of thinking, destructive behaviour, destructive towards you and me, and destructive towards others. And so in verses 19 to 21, the Apostle Paul, in chapter 5, gives us this list of behaviour and traits that are not godly. Addictions, bad tempers, divisive behaviour, competitive behaviour and greed. And in verse 21 he writes, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now that's pretty clear, isn't it? Those who live in sin will find themselves leaning to death, an eternal death, an eternal separation from God. The Bible calls it hell. And so Paul, out of love, writes in verse 24 crucify the flesh and he uses this word crucify intentionally he wants us to think of Jesus on the cross to think of what Jesus has done for you and for me to remember those words of Jesus to that you and I are to die to self to deny self to take up our cross and follow Jesus And as we read these words, crucify the flesh, we're reminded that rooting out sin is painful. It takes time. There's a cost and a a sacrifice involved in it. And I suppose in a similar way to the apples on the tree in our garden, they take time. And There's a spiritual battle that is taking place in your life and my life. And you and I need to take a zero tolerance over sin in our lives. We need to root it out with urgency and with a a clear sense of focus on Jesus and a ruthlessness towards the sin that is in our lives. And it's interesting here in this passage in chapter 5 that it's not God or the Holy Spirit. Who is to crucify flesh. But it is you and me. We are the ones who are to initiate this. We are the ones who are to repent. And so the question is. What sin. Do you and I. Need to root out. In our lives today. As your pastor. And someone who loves you. I am urging you. Imploring with you to crucify the flesh, to root out sin. Someone last week wrote in to me and said they had this sense of God wanting to speak Psalm 51.10 over us as a church. And this is what Psalm 51.10 says. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me begins with rooting out sin. And the second point that comes out from this passage is this, that you and I are to root ourselves in the Spirit. All of us have elements of our character that we would love to change. There's plenty of things in me that I want to change, that I wish were more like Jesus. And I could invite Liz, my wife, to come and sit here now and talk through many of those different aspects that she would love to see that change in me. But we probably haven't got time for that because there's so many she could take a while. But if you're anything like me, it's really hard to change ourselves. To see transformation in ourselves just by willpower alone. I know this because at the moment I'm trying to go out running around Prospect Park near where we live for my daily exercise every other day. And it's really difficult to get the motivation to get out of this house and to go for a run. I mean, I basically hate jogging. So we need help, don't we, to to change, to see that transformation in us. And the good news is that God has sent Jesus to die for you and me on the cross so that we don't need to walk around with shame and guilt and be burdened by our sin, but we can come to him and repent and receive forgiveness. The other good news is that God has sent his Holy Spirit to come and live in you and me as believers to help us in our lives to be more like Jesus. And so we read in verse 25 of Galatians 5. Keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. Root yourselves in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit that bears that love and joy and peace that come from God as we grow closer to God. The Holy Spirit who Transforms us in our relationships with one another, helping us to be more patient, to be kind, to grow goodness in us. And the Holy Spirit who helps form our character, that we become people who are more faithful and gentle and who have self-control. I loved watching that video we've just all seen of an update from Yeldal. And I am a massive fan of Yeldal. I love going there. I try and get there once a month to read scripture with the guys, to pray with them. And I'm I'm genuinely really missing being with you all, if you're watching this from Yeldal every month. And one of the joys of of going to Yeldal, being with the guys, is just seeing the work of the Holy Spirit so tangibly changing, transforming these men, that when they take time out to spend time at Yeldall, to focus on the Lord and allow the Spirit of God to work in them, God does amazing things. And I was really struck by what one of the guys just said in an interview, when he said the world has now been forced to slow down. Becoming like Jesus takes time, doesn't it? Bearing fruit takes time. Those apples in the garden here on that little tree don't just appear like that. In fact, an apple tree in the first five years of its life won't bear any fruit at all. And even though I can't see anything at the moment on our apple tree, the fruit is beginning to grow and so for you and I some of this is about patience about slowing down about taking time before God to allow the spirit to change and transform us it's about a relationship with Jesus it's all about our relationship with Jesus And this time that you and I have now in quarantine and lockdown is a time that I really believe God is going to use to wake up his church across this nation, across the world. It's time that God is going to use to transform us as individuals and as his people as we love our neighbours, as we Grow to be more like Jesus through his transforming spirit. But actually this time is really key because we are all forced to slow down. Some of the many distractions that you and I have in our lives have been removed. And so the question isn't at the moment, do you and I have time to be with the Lord? It's more, is it our number one priority? Above the distractions we do have of TV, of the news, of social media, whatever distracts you, is Jesus your number one priority? The word quarantine actually means 40. And I think for all of us, this time of lockdown and quarantine feels a bit like Time in the desert, doesn't it? Like those 40 days that Jesus spent in the desert. And the word for wilderness in the New Testament is Eremos. This word Eremos means desert, wilderness, solitary place. It's that place that Jesus sought out time after time. We read through the Gospels that He got away from the crowds, the distractions, the pressures on him to go to a solitary place to be with his father, to pray, to root himself in the spirit with God so that he could be sure that he was doing his father's will. And so for you and I, I really pray that this time in quarantine will be in some ways like those 40 days. That it will be a solitary place where we too can root ourselves in the Spirit. And that we would look back in weeks, months, years, however long and say, wow, you know, that time was the period in our lives, the life of Our church, Greyfriars, the life of the UK and maybe even the world when huge transformation took place in us, in the church, in the nation as we grew closer to the Lord, rooting ourselves in the Spirit and becoming more like Jesus, more like the church that he has called us to be. So let's pray for that now as we root out sin, root ourselves in the Spirit, that God would use this time for his good.